You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Today I have Z Flores, who is with Top Flight App, and he's a product manager at Top Flight. And we're going to be talking about creating apps that can improve client retention and business outcomes. Hi Z, how are you? Doing well, thank you, thank you. I am really excited for this one because I feel like I've been talking to just a lot of business owners that support group practice owners in some way. And so talking about apps and things that are more innovative is really exciting to me. And I think something that will resonate with a lot of our business owners that listen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like one of the things about that I always talk about with people, you know, you are an individual and you have a certain amount of hours in your day. And, you know, obviously in, in the practice setting, one of the things that we're noticing is that the time that you get to spend with the people that are in your practice, right, your clients or your patients is getting less and less. Uh, and, you know, you have to have a higher, higher output. And so, you know, mobile apps is a really great way to kind of call it duplicating yourself or duplicating your time, right? You can make yourself more readily available in a mobile app, whether that's, you know, your actual time, because, you know, a lot of the admin stuff can probably get automated a little bit better. And, you know, you can kind of do the simple things as like making sure no shows are less or information is readily available, but also, you know, it allows you to kind of manage the client from a distance, so to speak. And so you kind of get to duplicate your time and sharing knowledge, right? If you tell a client in the office, like, Hey, go read my blog because it'll answer your question, right? By the time they get home, they've probably forgotten most of it. But obviously all that content that you do have, if you have content or maybe a podcast video series that you do or any information that you've gathered from other websites that you've pre-vetted, right, they can all be stuffed into that app. And so, you know, that mobile app from a business point of view really allows you to do two things, right? Duplicate your time exponentially sometimes, but also, yeah, it does create other sources of revenue for your practice as well, which is always a, a nice thing to dig into. Yeah. And I'm going to ask a little bit about that in a little bit, but I wanted to ask, what are some of the like already implemented methods or solutions that are working when it comes to mental health apps right now? 
Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of general apps out there, right? You have the mindfulness app, the stress relief, the calms, the, you have those. And so those are available. You can obviously direct clients to it. It may not help your business case. It definitely helps their business case, right? So those are there, but we see a lot of people kind of going in towards telehealth. That's definitely a big step. And then adding kind of the features that they need to manage their specific practice use case, um, which can be anything from, you know, scheduling to video calling, obviously cuts out a lot of overhead and, and you kind of see those types of those moves happening very, very fast. So do you have um, any apps out there that have been built by other group practice owners? And if so, what kind of features are mm-hmm. being that you think are really beneficial specifically for mental health group practice owners when it comes to not just the client facing stuff? Like I, I understand, you know, scheduling or having a space to like create a telehealth portion, but specifically around like retention and just business outcomes as a whole using an app in that sort of way. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it goes into you know, when you kind of go more towards, I guess, the back office, right, that section, but when you do have a mobile app, you know, you can integrate certain things. So you can integrate, let's say you use QuickBooks or, or Stripe or, you know, those other admin things you probably now have to copy and paste or maybe do quite manually. You know, all of a sudden those now become integration possibilities. And so, you know, let's say that you have, you know, finished up your telehealth call or whatever it may be, or you have things that you'd like to sell additionally, right? Now it's like, hey, go to the app. And, you know, buy this ebook I wrote, it'll answer half your, it'll it'll get you there or buy this, you know, product or service that I've created that'll help you with your specific, uh, with that specific client that automatically now gets shot into QuickBooks or Stripe and, you know, billing takes care of itself. Where previously you may have had that printed out in the office, they had to come in, you'd have to charge their card, right? Invoice. And there's a lot of manual processes that you now just get to cut out, which obviously leads into... I mean, a lot of revenue from a business point of view is lost in making manual mistakes or or things having to take time, right? Especially now with that time crunch of you have 15 minutes to see your client and that's it. Otherwise, it doesn't become billable by insurance anymore or something like that, right? And so a lot of these things now become more efficient and automated, um, which means that you can kind of focus your attention more on those revenue generating things uh, instead of the manual things. Are people building apps that are client facing or like just for the business? Because I'm envisioning like, you know, yes, client facing, like having video sessions in there or having like worksheets and things that clients can go to or like satisfaction surveys and stuff like that. But are there apps being made that are specific to just the business themselves and maybe the leaders within the business, making sure that metrics and things are yeah they are but they're being built very in silos right so we're building this is for client face we're building this is for internal use and then we see a lot of people who build for clients and then turn that into its own business right they obviously have a process they do that well they go raise funds and then now that software becomes ready for other agency or other group practice use. And then you kind of see that same thing happen with the internal softwares that are created, right? Obviously, if you have a group practice and you, you know, you've, you've got a lot of expertise there, people kind of, you know, tend to think like, oh, my group practice has different processes from everybody else. But you kind of notice like once you see a lot of them or talk to a lot of them, 
right? That they, they all kind of have the same practices and the same pain points. Yeah. So people will definitely have those conversations within their networks and then see that there's an issue there uh, and then build a software for that and then turn that into a business. Very, it uh, does happen. But where we're kind of seeing still the miss, the gap is, you know, when you build these two things siloed, you do and don't solve an, a problem because that miss piece that connects the two is still often missing. And so, yeah, that's where I would definitely say that there's a underserved market there connecting the pieces. And what I noticed, and I don't know that could ever help this problem, but most group practice owners use an electronic health record system, the video components, it has the billing components and things like that. But then from a business perspective, it doesn't have great reporting features or the ability to see, you know, client retention and I can see like a benefit of building some kind of app that for leadership can let you know, based off of the metrics and data that's in an EHR, it's that easy to parse apart. Yep. But I don't know, like, I don't it's, know. I would say that can connect with an EHR to be able to pull that data, <laughs> having to manually transfer it. Depending on the EHR, it is possible. It's actually one of the number one requests we get as an organization to work with the EHR system because of that problem and because of other things, right? EHRs are known to be like, they're very robust and yeah. they, they pride themselves on being very robust, which for a hospital is great, but for smaller organizations, robust can also mean very complex and complicated. And, you know, a lot of features get stuffed in there that for a hospital are great, but for a group practice, maybe not ever used but still have to be paid for right and so we're kind of seeing that move away from like okay my group practice is not the size of you know kaiser medical in california with 26 hospitals right and and kind of like hey i like all these features in this ehr i want them and so let me build my own thing or integrate them into my own software to run my practice so that i don't have to deal with right paying the the, the epics of the ehr world a ton of money so it's definitely one of the largest requests we get so you're building and essentially like you've built like ehr integrations yeah for sure the second part of that is it is not the easiest thing. They don't make it very easy because obviously they want everybody in their system and they'll be all to run your practice. But yeah, no, it, it, it is very possible. And it's definitely the number one request we get when it comes to from a single physician's office that has one physician to group practices and, and even smaller agencies like they really want that EHR integration. That's awesome. So like what makes it so that some EHRs you can integrate with and others you can't? So have an integration, you need to have a API connection. Yeah. An API is pretty much the bridge between one software to chat to the other one and send information back and forth. And so obviously that means that there has to be a two-way street. So if I say I want API connection and the HR says, I'm not letting you touch my API connection, then that two-way street can't happen. And so communication can't happen. Some EHRs, they just have it on their site, right? You can just, you know, look it up. You know, usually you can Google like the EHR name, API, and results will pop up. Okay. Um, some EHRs will have a partner program, so you have to be vetted by them to be able to apply. So they have all the leverage to say yes or no. And then, of course, the EHRs are very robust. And so often, you know, the integration time to make it happen can be quite yeah, large, that, depending, on the, no, depending on what you need from your system. And so that's actually where we're starting to see a lot of 
people actually starting to kind of like build their own EHR and like, you know, depending on how often you have to communicate with other EHRs or other, if the disease that you're managing or the symptoms that you're managing are quite like, okay, I don't need to have a lot of other input from other medical records. Mm -hmm. Obviously the more, the better, but some people say, I I just, then they kind of create their own EHR and then they just kind of work within that world. And so we, we are seeing, you know, that happen, but since those EHRs are getting so big, right. Once that drawing out happens, then holes in the market start to pop up. And then obviously people dive into those holes because they see that that's a necessity. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things is like EHRs, I use therapy notes and I'm connected with like the development team in therapy notes because I have a large following group practice. They'll ask me like, what are some of the things you're hearing um, in terms of features and, and stuff like that? One of the things that comes up often is that they're like, we won't ever be able to do what everyone wants because some things are like in direct opposition of another thing. Like what one person wants, if we put that yeah, in, for sure. problem for someone else. And yeah. so this is where like, you know, for some people having a very customized app where you build out your own EHR that fits your own processes could be really helpful. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, well, as a product manager, I talk to a lot of, you know, a lot of our clients when we're trying to build software, you get feedback A from a, from a client's customer and feedback B and they're complete opposites. It's like, I'm going to make someone mad. And so we need to figure out which one that's, yeah. so it happens. It's a, it's a dichotomy quite often. And so now what you're starting to see is obviously like a large EHR, they kind of have to do a one size fits all, which then turns into very robust, complex software where you almost need an implementation team to get it going, right? And for a hospital, that's fantastic, right? They can deal with that. Obviously, if you run a a group practice or you have an even smaller practice or an agency that is usually not within your budget. And so we are starting to see niche specific EHRs. Or like a group yeah, yeah. Or just all specialize in, I don't know, EMDR come together to split the cost of building a, a, a an app specific. Sure. Yeah, something that works for them, right? Because, you know, obviously, even though it may not perfectly fit everybody's like user journey, the way they like to run their practice, if it hits 95, right, it's already better than that 70% EHR you had earlier yeah. that costs probably more. Yeah. And you now have ownership, right? There's an equity ownership control part of that where you get to decide, right, as a group, as a much smaller group, what that feature should be instead of being independent of EHR like Epics decides. Yeah. And so obviously Epics is great for their use case, but you know, you see the smaller is maybe not the best word, but like the more compact groups get together and fill their own niches. Yeah. I wanted to shift before we close out to Mm -hmm. monetization strategies for mental health. Talk to me about that because obviously group practice owners who are kind of in this stabilization phase where they're maybe not growing their group practice physically are looking for ways to diversify their income and obviously doing it in a way that's ethical. Um, There's a difficulty when it comes to like selling things to clients. So maybe short of that, what other ways are you seeing people sort of monetize apps? I know you mentioned one, which was like, yeah building out uh, an EHR or a system that works really well for you that then can be, you know, sold over to other group practices. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's kind of a larger undertaking, right? There are some lower hanging fruits, I think. Not everybody is good at content creation, right? But with tools out there, with AI out there, like content creation can really become a powerful tool to utilize, especially because, you know, obviously, depending on how 
active and how long you've been in the field, right? You have a certain expertise that other people don't. Mm -hmm. And whether you believe or not, if you yourself is interesting, right? That's always other people that have no idea about your field are always very interested. Um, and so being able to put that content into a mobile app or even into some form of easy accessible place, even if it's just a URL, download URL behind a paywall on a website does give you additional revenue. I used to do a lot of work with dietitians. And so you'd see the, you know, how to solve XYZ, you know, insert symptom with XYZ diet. And so obviously, you know, there's a mislabeling of, of a lot of like fad diets in there that may not work for everybody, but do get you know, obviously put on a pedestal that it'll work for everybody. That's a, a due diligence thing. But obviously that expertise that you can generate in there could lead to like a $5 a pop ebook that somebody could really actually use to where you don't have to sit there and repeat yourself over and over yeah. to different clients. Now, all of a sudden you have a bulk information where you've gathered all the knowledge that you have onto a, a you know, a, a easy digestible uh, ebook with cool pictures infographics right yeah. that you can now sell for five dollars fifty dollars sometimes fifty dollars 190 dollars right yeah. set your price where you want to but now all of a sudden you kind of have duplicated yourself and have an extra revenue stream and you'll notice that if you are in a physical location right let's say it's chicago then you can only service that group of people but now if you take yourself online, especially if you are on social media or do other things, now you can go to the US, yeah. right? And so your target audience exponentially grows. That allows you to generate another form of revenue. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to say that I appreciate you coming on and just even getting people's brains. I feel like anyone who's listening now is just swirling with ideas. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. So if people that are listening are interested in, in learning more about whether Top Flights is able to help them build out an app that mm -hmm. maybe thinking about, how can they reach you? Yeah. So the easiest way to get the Top Flight is topflightapps.com. So obviously that's our site. We have all our services there, all our, our tabs and everything you need. And if you want to go directly to me, I think LinkedIn would be the best. So my name is Zefanya. That's my full name, Z-E-F-A-N-J-A. -A, and then my last name, Flores, F-L-O-R-I-S. And you're more than welcome to send me a connect and uh, I'll get you to the right person. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on this morning. And uh, Absolutely. All right. Well, have a good one. You too. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join The Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.